Hello, this is Anna from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 6th of April. Recording over 96,000 daily COVID cases in the last 24 hours. India's total tally of COVID infections breached the 1.26 crore mark today. The death toll went up to 1,65,547 after 446 deaths were registered in 24 hours. The health ministry said that the cumulative number of coronavirus vaccine doses administered crossed 8.31 crore. Quoting unidentified officials, PTI reported that Prime Minister Narendra Modi will hold a meeting with chief ministers on 8th of April to discuss the COVID-19 situation and the ongoing vaccination drive. Modi had last held a meeting with the head of states on 17th of March, during which he had expressed concern over the rising cases in parts of the country and called for quick and decisive steps to check the emerging second peak. Meanwhile, the Ministry of Finance said that India was well prepared to combat the second wave of infections. In its monthly economic report, the ministry said that high-frequency data indicated that India was on the path to becoming better and stronger. It said, and I quote, After battling a historic pandemic in financial year 2020-2021, the Indian economy is poised to build back better and stronger, as is reflected in the movement of several high-frequency indicators. Unquote. The Indian Medical Association urged Prime Minister Narendra Modi to suggest that vaccinations be made available to everyone above the age of 18 in view of the rapid spread of the second COVID wave. The IMA said India's vaccination strategy needs to be geared up with immediate effect on war footing. States like Maharashtra, Rajasthan and Delhi have already urged Prime Minister Modi to reduce the age bar for vaccination to 25. The worst affected state in the country, Maharashtra, started a system of weakened lockdowns in addition to other restrictions from Monday. The centre, however, told the state that such measures have limited impact on containing transmission of the infection. Starting today, a night curfew will be imposed in Delhi between 10pm and 5am till 30th of April. Essential services and emergency movement of vehicles will be allowed. On the global front, the coronavirus has infected more than 131.6 million people and killed 2.85 million according to the John Hopkins University. More than 74.7 million people have recovered from the infection. During a media roundtable ahead of the spring meeting of the International Monetary Fund and World Bank, World Bank President David Malpass said that India is blessed to have a major manufacturer of global vaccines like the Serum Institute in Pune. According to the Jerusalem Post, US pharma company Pfizer stopped a shipment of nearly 700,000 COVID-19 vaccine doses to Israel after the government failed to pay for the last 2.5 million doses. With the country currently in the midst of elections, Pfizer is concerned that the government in transition will not pay for the shipments. The company said that it is currently working with the Israeli government to update the agreement to supply additional vaccines to the country. West Bengal is voting today in phase 3 of its assembly election across 31 seats in 3 districts. Meanwhile, ANI reported that the election commission has suspended a sector officer in Havra after EVMs and VVPATs were found at the home of a TMC leader. The EC said that the sector officer Tapan Sarkar had taken the machines to the unnamed politician's residence. The EC called this a gross violation and the EVM has been removed from the election process. 
In response, Union Minister Prakash Javdekar demanded a full inquiry, saying, and I quote, It's more serious because today is voting. EC has taken action not to use those machines and suspend the officer. But this may be a bigger thing than it seems. Unquote. West Bengal has five phases of polling left. In other news from Bengal, TMC candidate Sujata Mondal Khan was chased out of a polling booth in Arandi area of Arambagh constituency. Khan was reportedly chased by a group of people wielding lathis and has accused the BJP of creating chaos and threatening TMC supporters. The BJP, however, has denied the allegation. At a rally in Alipur Duar district today, Mamta Banerjee said, and I quote, They have inflicted serious injury on our scheduled caste candidate Sujata when she visited a booth. They also hit another candidate in Khanakul. In Canning East, security forces prevented our nominee Shaukat Molla from entering a booth. There had been numerous such instances of attack on our candidates, party workers across the state. Unquote. Banerjee said that she has received at least 100 complaints of assault and violence since this morning and that the Election Commission has been duly informed. With Bengal, Assam, Kerala, Tamil Nadu and Puducherry voting today, we at News Laundry are trying our best to bring you the latest reports from the ground. In Kerala, my colleagues Nidhi and Aditya's latest report is on V. Bhagyavati, an independent candidate and also the mother of the two minor Dalit girls who were raped and killed in Valaya town in 2017. Bhagyavati is now standing for election from Dharmadam constituency, which is where Chief Minister Pinarai Vijayan is contesting too. This is no coincidence. She wants to send the state government a message and secure justice for her daughters. Read our detailed report on our website newslaundry.com. It is titled, Valayar Girl's Mother is Out for Justice and she is going after Pinarai Vijayan first. Listeners, we bring you the news without fear or favour from the government. We depend on our subscribers, not ads from governments or corporates. Our subscribers fund the stories that matter. So, if you aren't a subscriber already and want to be a part of the movement to pay to keep news free, you can subscribe by hitting the subscribe button at the top right-hand corner of newslaundry.com. Our lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. While addressing the BJP workers across the country on the party's 41st Foundation Day, Prime Minister Narendra Modi said that critics have never understood the maturity of Indian democracy as the party is a continuous and relentless campaign to win the hearts of the country. He said in a video address, and I quote, We see these double standards. If BJP wins elections, it is said that the party is an election-winning machine. But when others win, the party is praised and so are its leaders. Those who say that the BJP is an election-winning machine are not able to measure the intelligence of its voters. It's beyond their understanding. They will never be able to understand the aspirations and dreams of the Indian voters. Unquote. The Prime Minister also claimed that a false narrative is being set against the BJP with regards to the Citizenship Amendment Act, the farm laws and the labour law. He called this a big conspiracy to create political instability in the country. In the ongoing state assembly elections, so far the voter turnout in the states was, till 2.45pm, Tamil Nadu recorded 40.98% turnout, while Kerala recorded 47.61%, Assam 53.23%, Puducherry 54.21% and West Bengal 53.89%. 
NDTV reported that polling in the three states, Kerala, Tamil Nadu and Assam and the Union Territory of Puducherry, have been relatively smooth. According to the Indian Express, Assam Health Minister Himanta Sharma said the BJP is expecting to win 22 of the 40 seats going to the polls in this phase. He said that in this election, they will win more seats, adding that the last time they had won 84 seats, this time they are expecting at least 90 seats. Meanwhile, 14 people travelling from Tamil Nadu to Kerala's Edukki were taken into custody after the BJP alleged that they were brought to cast bogus votes in the assembly polls taking place today. The two vehicles in which the 14 were travelling were blocked by local BJP leaders at Nadam Kandam. The travellers, however, said that they had come to Kerala to attend a funeral. They are currently in police custody. A tropical cyclone has killed at least 157 people in Indonesia and neighbouring Timor-Leste, with dozens more still missing and thousands left homeless. According to The Guardian, Indonesia's disaster management agency said it had recorded 130 deaths in a cluster of remote islands near Timor-Leste, where another 27 have been officially listed as dead. Cyclone Saroja hit the islands on Sunday and rescuers have been using diggers to clear mountains of debris left in its wake. Over 70 people are missing and the rescue efforts have been hampered by power cuts, blocked roads, the remote location of affected areas and bad weather. Officials from the United States, Iran and other signatories to the Iranian nuclear deal converged in Vienna on Tuesday in the first significant step toward reviving the 2015 agreement that President Biden has pledged to rejoin. According to the Washington Post, the meetings are not expected to include direct talks between Washington and Tehran, which have been at loggerheads on the process of how to return to the deal even as both express the desire to do so. Instead, diplomats from European countries will act as intermediaries in what Thomas Countryman, former acting Undersecretary of State for Arms Control under the Obama administration, called a creative effort in quote-unquote, shuttle down the hall diplomacy. The talks are an important goal for Biden, who campaigned on a pledge to return to the 2015 agreement. But the timing and structure of the meetings represent a disappointment for those who hoped for a quick U.S. engagement with Iran. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.